Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. blog talk book club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. book club call. We do this call every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, and 5 a.m. Pacific. And on this particular call, we talk about a particular book. We call it the book of the moment, not the book of the month, because we usually go over a month, maybe two months, maybe three months of reading the book. And the current book is Outwitting the Devil, The Secret to Freedom and Success. And uh, by Napoleon Hill, so we've been in this book probably a month and a half or so. Should be you should be wrapping this book up. I swear you should be. If you if you're reading five or six pages a day, uh, you should be toward the end. If you're reading a little bit more of that, because when people say, "Well, I don't have time to read," really, you have to make time to do that. It's not something that. And and once you make time to do it, and you do it consistently for ten days, fifteen days, twenty days. Man, then it's a part of your lifestyle. It's a part of what you do. And you can make time for five pages. You know, that's that's ten minutes at the most. Um, or you can make time for ten minutes of reading or, 15, or just ten minutes of reading. You can do that, you know, ten minutes before you go to bed or ten minutes after you wake up in the morning. See, it's not whether you have time is whether you want to do it or not and whether you want to make time to do it because there's no way possible you can tell me that. It's not it's no way <laughs> it's no way possible you telling me that all day long you're doing stuff. When you come home from work from seven o'clock to whatever you go to bed, there's something that's more important for you to be doing. No, you can't tell me that you can't fit in ten minutes or five pages. Now you could say it, but you know, I've been living too long in life to know that's not the case. Because remember, what, what the uh, what the Nielsen said, Nielsen rating said that the average person is is list, watching four hours of television. And I, let's let's say you're not the average. Okay, three hours. So you can't fit in <laughs> five pages. No, you don't want to. You don't think it works for you. But if you consistently do that, even for the ones who stop doing it. Because I, I know we're in a society now that that's the whole goal is to keep us from reading. I mean, I, I, I remember about a year ago I said, back, I actually called Dr. Mackey. I said, Doc, man, it's hard for me to pick up these books. He said, man, me too. He said, don't you know what the system is doing to us? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. So I had to double down so I didn't get caught up in that. And he was saying that that was what he was doing too. He was setting up a time and all that to make itself. Because 
you know, it's, it's programming us not to do this stuff, not to read. And, man, I'm telling you, you get caught up in that, especially with people who are trying to win in life, and you start doing what the system is programming us to do, is, you know, little quick little hits and all of that. You're going to be, man, <laughs> they're going to say you're going to be jacked from the front to the back. <laughs> you're going to fit in society, but you're not going to be, you're going to be jacked from the front to the back. I'm just telling you that now. So, all right, so our replay number is 712-432-1085, 712-432-1085, and the PIN code is 783357-POUND. You can go back and listen to this today right after of it, and it's going to be up until Monday morning around 8, and then the new mindset call goes up. Or you can go to the podcast formats that we have. We have under about 17 different podcast uh, platforms. I'm sorry, not formats, but platforms that we're on, um, you know, from from Apple to iTunes to, you know, Breaker. And in the reason, this is not a, a podcast. This one, as you know, it's a conference call. But we put it on a podcast platform so it's easy access. You can easily get to it. You can go put Tony Fleming in Mindset, and all this stuff's going to come up. I mean, it's really convenient. This is amazing what technology can do and how you can go and get it. I remember, you know, you know, back in the day you had to, it's so much so many things you had to do just to get a recording. So many things you had to do just to do. Now you have so much access that you can get it and you can all the recordings are there. Not only can you get it, you can share it. Can you imagine sharing this with two or three people a week if this stuff moves you? If it doesn't, don't share it. If you think this is a bunch of, you know, BS and you won't hear just because somebody, don't worry about it. But if you like it and you think that this can help, you think it's helping you, share. You can easily share. All you do is click on it. You can send it as a text message through your phone. Man, you can do a lot of stuff. And guess what? If I can do it, and I'm so, <laughs> my my technology skills are just at zero. If I can do it, you can do it. You can send out one or two of those a day. Or to somebody and say, hey, check this out. Tell me what you think about this call. Let me tell me what you think about this. I'll tell you. And if you can't get to the podcast, you know, uh, just send me a text. And uh, and I'll at 678-644-4541, 678-644-4541. And I'll send you the link to your phone just like that. And it will be there forever in your messages. And you can listen to anything, all of it. All right? So let's get started this morning. Uh, I'm going I'm to start at... Um, page 164 at the bottom. Matter of fact, the last sentence on page 164. Oh, yeah. And so for new people listening for the first time, um, you know, this is a Napoleon Hill, and he's, you know, um, however you want to say it, you know, when you look, did he actually, he's talking to the devil. Now, some people say, did he actually talk to the devil or not? It could be a parable created to reach, you know, just to touch your heart. It could be uh, imaginary conversations uh, that he did, or he actually could be, because y'all swear that y'all talk to the devil. So it could be. You know, I'm not, I'm not ruling anything out. It's up to you to decide on how you want, you know. I just think the information is so powerful. Um, it, just, it just really is. So uh, you take it, you know, how you want to take it. But check, make sure you just don't push the information to the side. So, all right, here we go. So, at the bottom of the page, the last sentence, he says, and, and this is something I just had a discussion with, the, the discussion with uh, probably 30 minutes before the call. He um, says here, people who whine and beg God to assume responsibility,
for all their troubles. And that's what most people do uh, who consider themselves spiritual. And now I had this also, I've been having this conversation for years. I had it the other night with somebody, I had it last week with somebody also. I've been saying it for years. Uh, all right, let me say it again. People who whine and beg God to assume responsibility for all their troubles, provide them with all the necessities and luxuries of life, are too lazy, too lazy to create what they want and translate into existence through the power of their own mind. This is the devil speaking. This is the devil speaking to Napoleon Hill. He says that if you if you're sitting back, because you hear it all the time, God's gonna do it. You know, you know, just you just God just sit back, just be a good person, be a good person. Make sure you uh, do your tithes and offerings. Um, you know, just that's pretty much a lot of what they say you do. If you do that, and then you know the mega pastors want you to be there, you know, two times a week, three times a week. And I'm not, look, I'm not knocking that. What I'm knocking is, and I, if you do that and that's your enjoyment and you helping, because, you know, I volunteer a lot, I do a lot of that stuff, but this is the problem. You get caught up in thinking that's it. Because uh, to me, that would be better, it would be better sitting there probably than sitting in front of television. I say, so if you're going to do that, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what people do when they go and they pray and they do the spiritual thing, they they just sit back now and say, okay, the Lord's going to make a way. And the Lord's going to, my, my blessing's coming, my breakthrough's coming. He said, no. The devil's saying, you know, all you're saying is that you're too lazy to go create what you want and translate into existence through the power of your own mind. He says, when you hear a person praying for something that he should procure through his own efforts, you may be sure you are listening to a drifter. You listen. I hear people all the time saying that. Yeah, I'm praying the Lord gonna gonna take care of me. You know, I never seen the righteous forsaken the seed begging bread. You know, you got all these kind of scriptures. You're listening to a drifter. Infinite intelligence favors only those who understand and adapt themselves to her laws. Her laws are seed time and harvest time. The laws are. That's why I say you could take. You could take a person that's not spiritual, and they still can do her laws and win. But if you listen to some of some of these folks, yeah, this guy here ain't he ain't gonna, you know, Lord ain't gonna. No, it's the laws. She makes no discrimination because of fine character or pleasing personality. You remember that's what you you know. I'm a good person, and nothing gonna happen to me. Oh yeah, good, bad things happen to good people. All the time. So these things help people negotiate their way through life more harmoniously with another, and I agree with that. So you you could be a good person and have like a, you know, you you might not have you have less headaches. You know, people won't hate on you as much. I guess, or they might. They still might do that. You know, you can live like you said harmoniously with one another, but the source from which the prayer is answered is not impressed by the fine feathers. Nature's law is know what you want, adapt yourself to those laws, and you should have it. So set your goals and dreams, know what you want. Now, do the laws. That's what we don't want to do. The laws are seed time and harvest. You got No, seed time and harvest time. Seed time and harvest time. You got to do what's supposed to be done. It's like in, in the United States, you got laws that you have to follow. 
to operate in this world. There are laws there also, spiritual laws that you must, you have to do those things if you're going to succeed. But we've been taught, and you can't say it ain't been taught because there's too many people operating that way, that you don't have to worry about that. God's going to do it. Don't worry about it. Just be a good person, pleasing personality. God's going to do it. But you got to make sure you pay tithes and offerings. Now you got to do that. Then God's going to do it. Uh, and it's it's a, it, you know it's a it's it's such stru, such strong force that it's you know um it's that in the in the system the school system is so much power there and then the media that it's hard to boy to fight that it's truly hard to fight that if I skip the page and go to one sixty six he says so then I understand that definiteness is the first re- uh, uh, re- requisite for success in all earthly undertakings. Is that right? Definiteness. Yes. He says exactly. Anything which teaches people to examine facts and coordinate them into definite plans through accurate thinking is hard on my profession. And that's, he says, hard on him, you know, being the devil. It's hard for him to, to control your mind. It's hard for him to get in there if you've got definite plans. That's hard. You see, most people are drifting, so they don't have any plans. They just kind of sitting back waiting on my breakthrough, on the Lord to make a way and all this kind of stuff. And he says, those are the ones I can get. But the ones who got definite plans, got goals, and then doing the laws, it's hard for me. That's hard on my profession. He says, is this thirst for definite knowledge now spreading over the world at the time when he's writing that, over the world keeps up, keeps up, then my business will be shot to pieces in the next few centuries. Now, this was, this was actually supposedly written in the 30s and the 40s. He said, I, he said, I drive on ignorance, superstition, intolerance, and fear. Now, the, the social media has brought about a lot of ignorance. It helps, too. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse because it gives you a lot of information. But it's a lot of ignorance out there that feeds your mind. It interrupted. It has interrupted a lot of other stuff that, you know, even from reading, it's interrupted that. Two sentences, they said, Tony, you be writing this stuff? Ain't nobody reading that. <laughs> they looking for pictures. <laughs> they looking for pictures to, to look at. Look at that. Ooh, look at her body. Ooh, look at that car. Look at them chains he got on his neck. That's what they're looking for, and that's the stuff that he says. That's helping him. That's helping him, he said. He said, he said but I, can't, I cannot stand up under definite knowledge properly organized into definite plans in the midst of, in the minds of people who think for themselves. My uncle said, hot dog. <laughs> he said, like, what'd you say? Hot dog. <laughs> then, uh, you know, my cousin one would say something else. But <laughs> the other one was hot dog. I mean, it's right here, man. It says, he says, okay, I'm going to jump over to 167. He said, then the doctrine of um, predestination is sound. People are born to success or failure, misery or happiness, to be good or bad, and they have nothing to do with this, or nor can they modify their nature. Is that your claim? Emphatically not, he says. The devil says not. Every human being has a wide range of choice in both his thoughts and his deeds. Every human being can use his brain for the reception and expression of positive thoughts, or he can use it for the expression of negative thoughts. His choice is in this important uh, matter shapes his entire life. You can you can use it for negative or positive. It depends on what you feed it. 
You feed it negativity all the time, most of the time, that's what you're going to get. You feed it some positive stuff, most of the time, that's what you're going to get. But then people say, well, Tony, I've been trying for the last two months, three months, to feed it positive. I've done that, done my affirmations. I read books in the last year. I've done that, feed it positive. But then you're not asking yourself how long you've been feeding the negative. Matter of fact, while you was feeding the negative, you didn't even know you was feeding the negative. Because everybody around you talked the same way. And so the conversations you were having, and, you know, was all negative, still is. You know, I didn't realize a lot of my stuff was negative until I started reading more and more. And I told you I started getting around my partners again, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, it was almost like I stepped outside of my body and took a, a, a bird's-eye view from the top looking down saying, that's me. I'm listening to what they were saying. I'm saying, so that's been me for years. So my whole conversation now has been negative for years. So now when I'm starting looking at the things that I'm saying and doing, it's like, wow. But me trying to change them was impossible because they were not on our book club. They were not reading the books I was reading. They were not in the environment I was in. So I was like a, you know, I was, I mean, I'm just sitting there like, you know, I don't know. I'm just, they confused, I'm confused. And I'm telling you, if you still can be around people that you grew up with and the folks you've been hanging with for years, you're not, this stuff is not kicking in yet. It's not, it's not helping you at all because after a while, you can't be around them and they can't be around you. The conversations are not even there. It's just, it's awkward. It's just, it really is. It really is. So if you got people that, that are not a part of what you're doing, they're not reading the books, you know, and you still can deal with them and you've been knowing them for life, that means that you hadn't changed because you're going to feel awkward around them. You're going to feel real strange. Um, now, can you be around them for a minute, like, you know, during the holidays and stuff? Yeah. But for me, I always went to another room. <laughs> I would always, you know, I'll speak. We'll talk about football or basketball for a minute, and then I'm gone because I cannot entertain that. I can't be around it anymore. It's just, it just, mm. So go down to the bottom of the page. It says, then, is it true that man has rights and privileges not available, able to either uh, omnipotence or the devil? Is that the truth? Yes, that is true, but you might well add, might well have added that man has not yet fully awakened to the realization of this potential. Power. Man still regards himself as something resembling the worms and the dust, when in reality he has more power than all other li- uh, living things combined. So he asked the question, definite a purpose seems to be the pursuit for all uh, evils of man. Panacea, I'm sorry. Not that, perha- not that perhaps, but you may be sure that not, no one ever will become self-determinant without it. So you got to have definite a purpose. Do you have that? All right. Why aren't children taught definite a purpose in the public schools? Uh-oh. For the reason there's no definite plan or purpose behind any of the school curricula, children are, are sent to school to make credits, to learn how to memorize, not to learn what they want of life. To learn how to memorize and get credits. He says, again, I find this chilling. Hill sounded this alarm in 1938. This was this book was written in 1938, but they didn't publish it till later. Uh, 1938. 
1938. Wow. <clears throat> All right, so define definite, define, define, define a purpose. Okay, define definite a purpose. Well, First of all, in, what we, if we're going to relate it to what we're doing in our business, you've got to define what you want in the business and what you want from life. You know, you know if, you, if you listen to me for years, I've always said my definite of purpose, my why has been my mother. Everything I've done is to, I told my father I was going to help take care of her, and because he told her, you know, he told me when he was dying, he's actually said, look, she 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 living off of 50% that she can't even live 100% off of when she had it. So, you know, you got to do some stuff to help. And so my definite of purpose and my reason for doing this for years has been when she called me, I could be there for her. And it's never been, you know, for me, diamond or double diamond or triple diamond, whatever. Now, that's the process that I go through to get there, but that's not for me. Now, for you, it could be that. It could be whatever you decide that you want, you know, Whatever purpose that you decide that you're doing this for or doing whatever you're doing it for, that's, that's, you, that's what it should be. You know, whatever you decide on doing, you've you got to decide on that and you've got to stick with it. That's why it doesn't bother me if I have to change vehicles because my goal is that, is not to, to get to the top of the plane. Now, that's one of my goals, but my definite goal is to do that to have be there for her when she calls, and that was something I woke up to every morning for the last 25 years to do, you know, that's why I could fight through everything I had to fight through because I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be her son who, again, you know, my sister talked to her every day. I can't do that. But I wanted to be the one who does the finances because we'd be bumping heads too much, you know. Um Yes, ma'am. You want to share your 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 thoughts? You don't want to share your thoughts. I'm sorry, Mr. Funny. Are you talking to me? Hillary Clinton, she happened to be on the line also. No, I was just, I was just texting you to define definite of purpose because there may be people on the line that don't really understand what a, what definite of purpose is. That's all. And then it, it just brought me back to when we were talking about a few day, few days ago about when I was asking you the number one reason people give up on their goal, and bam, you hit it right on the head this morning. It's because most people don't have a definite a purpose. That's it right there. Remember I said the number one reason why people why people give up on their goals is because the goal is not significant enough to change your life significantly. That's definite a purpose. You you know, you taking care of your mother, you that's been your goal like like since I've known you. That's that your why, your goal of why you do this business, you know, um, why you have to change vehicles sometimes to get to um, your definite of purpose is because of your why, your mother. You know, that's that's been what you <clears throat> talked about forever, you know, and, and, and you know, your definite of purpose is, you know, 
what's that goal that's most important to you right now at the moment, like right now? You know, what's, what's that specific desire? What's the, what's the timeline, that, the, the time stamp that you have on it? What's the price you're going to pay? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, mm-hmm. definite, that's definite a purpose. So I just wanted you to kind of just uh, pause right there just in case people didn't know exactly what definite a purpose is or was. We hear it, but I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood what that was. And that's, that's, that's that goal. That's that goal that is significant enough that will change your life significantly. All right. I'm sure y'all got that, folks. She brought the heat just then. So um, now most people don't have one. So, you know, a, a lot of people say they do, but reality is uh, some people just say things just to be saying it, and then they sit back and ooh, I like ooh. I got. Can I let me jump in just right there real quick? What you just said, Mr. Fleming, most people don't have one. People think losing five pounds is a goal. Remember I said last week, that's when you really dig into what goals really are, what, what a goal really is, that's really not a goal. Like, for real, for real, what the experts say a goal is. Um, a goal is what you, what you said about your mother. That, that's, that's a goal. Um, and I personally can say I've seen it. You, that has been the same goal for the, ever since I've known you. You haven't deviated from it. You haven't. You had have not added to it. You ain't add nobody else to it. You didn't add a system to it. That's been the goal. That when my father was on his deathbed, I promised him that I would take care of my mother. That's always been your goal. It ain't been a Bentley, Benz, a Beamer. It's been your mother. So you're right. Most people don't even have a goal. They think losing losing five or ten pounds is a goal. You know, buying a Gucci bag is a goal. That's well, and I hate to say it's really not a goal because we've been conditioned to think that quote unquote those are goals. But if you really dig into what the subject matter experts say about goals, not so much. Okay, I'm going back into my corner. (laughs) Good. All right. (laughs) So, um. But, you know, that's all true. She just said everything is true. you got to have something that you're going to fight for. Now, because a lot of times, you know, weight loss is nothing you're going to fight for. You can say you can set it up and say, I want to shoot for that. But that's it's got to be something that's going to wake you up every morning and make you really go for it because there's too many distractions and too many things out here that will throw you off track if it's not something serious. It's got to be something that you're really, really going for. And a lot of times it's outside of you sometimes, you know, like your child, your your, you know, something that you're trying to do for, you know, education for your kids or something. A lot of times it's outside of you that does it. It could be some inside, but it's a lot of times it's outside. So, but he says here, this manuscript was published in 1938. He said, I'm on a mission to promote financial education to teach young people about money, a true life skill, yet many schools still reject it because it does not satisfy the test requirements upon which they are graded and receive funding. It is not time to sound the alarms again. Uh, but this was something he said years back. Schools just learn how to memorize and get credits. He says, so what good is school credit if one cannot convert it into material and spiritual needs of life? And the devil says, I'm, I'm only a devil, not an unwinder of riddles. 
<laughs> you like, hey, you like, I ain't, I'm just a devil, man. I ain't trying to figure out all them tricks they got y'all doing up there. You know, it's on y'all. He said, I deduce from all you say that neither the schools nor the churches prepare the use of the world with the practical working knowledge of their own minds. Is anything of more importance to a human being than an understanding of the forces and circumstances with influence in his own mind? He says, the only thing of enduring value of any human being is a working knowledge of his own mind. The churches do not permit a person to acquire to, into, into the possibility of his own mind. And the schools do not recognize that such a thing has a, as a mind even exists. So preacher man believes that the churches that have done the most damage, I say the schools, but I guess he says it's a combination of both. I mean, it's like a person to inquire into the possibilities of his own mind. And it's, I mean, well, the churches do not permit a person to inquire into the possibilities of his own mind. I know y'all fighting me now. Y'all hanging up the phone. Yeah, talking about my church. Well, and the schools do not recognize that such a thing as a mind exists at all. See, that the schools are, see, the schools are funded by big corporations, and the big corporations fund it so that you can leave and come work for them. They don't want you to leave and have your own mind and, and, and use your own mind to go through things. They want you to, you know, go down to the placement office, interview, and go work at Apple or, or you know, when I was leaving school, it was IBM, it was Xerox, it was, you know, AT&T. Now I guess it's Apple, it's, um, you know, whatever, Google, Facebook, whatever. So now that's what they, they don't want you using your mind. Oh, no. Matter of fact, he says school doesn't even recognize that mind even exists. <laughs> now, here's a, here, now, here's somebody listening because you're going to say Tony, but I'm just reading what Napoleon Hill says. So in the paragraph right there below that, if you're on the same page, 169, it says, Why is Napoleon Hill so down on churches and the prevailing organized religions of his day? He said, I believe his criticism stems from abiding love for the true spirit and meaning of faith and the underlying validity of all religious tradition, traditions, despite what human beings do to weaken or corrupt them. What is the balance between accepting that which is revealed to your mind and heart, your soul, and the reality of life in the world so often infected with evil as personified by Hills, the devil here? So he says, are you a little hard on the schools and churches? This was Hill is asking the devil. The devil says, no, I'm merely describing them as they are without bias or, 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 pre, or prejudice. He said, I'm describing them just as they are. There's no, no bias, no prejudice here. I'm just telling you what they are. He says, aren't the schools and churches your bitter enemies? He said, well, their leaders may think they are, but I'm, I am impressed only by facts. The truth is this. If you must know it, the churches are my most helpful allies, and the schools run the churches are close, and the schools are close second to the churches. So, 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 Preacher man, you're right. Well, well, your opinion is right. If if we're going by the book here, <laughs> so he said the church is, you know, my whole, my most helpful allies is, is schools and and, it, and uh, run the churches a close second. Wait a minute, he said schools are first. So I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> Preacher man, I win in, in this book. I win. He said schools are first. Run the churches a close second. He said, on what specific or general grounds do you make this claim? He said, on the grounds that both the churches and the schools help me to convert people into the habit of drifting. Really? So do you realize that your charge is substantially a sweeping indictment of the 
two institutions of major importance which have been responsible for civilization in its present form. He said, do I realize it? Man alive, I gloat over it. <laughs> if the schools and churches had taught people how to think for themselves, where would I be? <laughs> he said, dang. The devil's, I wouldn't even be around. Y'all wouldn't even be, y'all wouldn't even be bringing my name up if the schools and churches have taught people to think for themselves. He said, I wouldn't even be around. Where would I be now? He said, I'm gloating over this. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, then he said, so, uh, you seem to hold nothing sacred. All right? And so he says, the devil said, you're wrong. I hold sacred one thing, which is my master, the, only, the one thing that I fear. The one thing that I fear. He says, what is that? The power of independent thought backed by, backed by definite a purpose. That's what I fear. See, you can have independent thought. You know, that's what they talk about, having independent thought backed by definite purpose. Okay, so this is, this is what it is, okay? Your independent thought, I want to have this. I want to be this. I want to take care of my mother. My definite purpose is I need to do this, 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 this. If I focus on, on that, I can get whatever I want. But it's got to be my, my thought that I have in place and then my definite purpose to go for it. But, but most people, he says, then you do not have many people to fear. He says only two out of every hundred to be exact. Remember I said the percentages like that, only two out of every hundred? He said, I control all others. Only two out of, what he's saying is only two out of every hundred have a definite a purpose and put the work in to get it done. Well, those things don't work, Tony. Everybody, yeah. They can't work if most people don't work. They can't work if only two out of a hundred have a definite a purpose and get behind and grind and grind and grind and do it. It can't work, yeah. It can't. So he says, let's get the churches a rest right now and get back to the public schools. Your confession has shown clearly that you thrive and, and perpetuate yourself from one generation to another by the clever trick of taking over the minds of children before they have the chance to learn how to use their minds. Remember I said when you come out of the womb, you get programmed between the womb and age seven, eight, nine. He said, I wish to know what is wrong with a public school system that permits the devil to control so many people. I wish to know also what can be done to establish a system of teaching that will ensure all children the opportunity to learn. First, they have, they, they have minds, and second, how to use those minds to bring spiritual and economic freedom. He said, I'm putting the question to you definitely enough, and since you have stressed this importance of definite a purpose, I'm here not putting you in the, on notice that your answer to my question must be definite. So he's the answer, he says, wait a, wait a moment while I catch my breath. <laughs> he's being sarcastic. You have given me quite an order. It seems strange that you would come to the devil to learn how to live. I should think you would go to my opposition. Why don't you? And then he says, okay, your majesty, it is you who are on trial, not I. So don't ask me no questions. Nobody wants to say there's something radically wrong with the system of education that has given us a balance sheet with life that shows us hopelessly in the red and groping for the road, for the road to self-determination if, we were so, if so many animals lost in the jungle. I want to know, I'm going to wrap it up with this too. I want to know two things about the system. First, what is the major weakness of the system? And second, how can this weakness be eliminated? The floor is yours again. Please stick to the question. He says, okay, you leave me no choice but 
but that direct answer. To begin with, the public school system approaches the subject of education from the wrong angle. The school system endeavors to teach children to memorize facts instead of teaching them how to use their own minds. See, remember now, again, you've got to see who's in bed, who's in bed with who. See, corporations are in bed with the school system. They fund it. The corporations fund it. So guess what? Who does the programming of what you do in the school system? You know, Rockefeller was the one who created the program for the system. So they're programming kids not to think, just to memorize so you can come work for them. They're not trying to do that. You always got to follow the trail. Who's, who's, who's in bed with who? Where's this information coming from? Who's giving you the information to teach? He says, is that all this... It, is that all that is wrong with the system? He said, no, that's the only beginning. Another major weakness of the school system is that it does not establish in the minds of children either the importance of definite or purpose or make any attempt to teach youth how to be definite about anything. The major object of all school is to force the students to cram their memories with facts instead of teaching them how to, to organize and make practical use of facts. This cramming system centers the attention of students on the accumulation of credits but overlooks the important question of how to use knowledge in the practical affairs of life. This system turns out graduates whose names are inscribed upon parchment certificates, but whose minds are empty of self-determination. That's why you talk to some people that are, that are highly educated, and not all, but you talk to a lot of them, master's, Ph.D., they have no self-determination. They're not even trying to – they just want to go get up and go, you know, how uh, – Y'all heard Dr. Mackey speak in his own video. I got it everywhere. He says when, when, um, when Ford gave them a package, you know, these people had been there for years, gave them $300,000 and said, you can retire. He said most of them folks said, uh-uh. I don't want to. Uh, Mr. Ford, I've been coming here for years, Mr. Ford. I don't, what, what am I going to do? They have no self-determination. It's gone. The school system got off to a bad start at the beginning. The school system began an institution of higher learning operated entirely for the select few whose wealth and family entitled them to education. Thus, the entire school system was involved by beginning at the top and working back down to the bottom. It is no wonder the system neglects to teach children the importance of definite or purpose when the system itself is literally involved through indefiniteness. All right, I'm going to stop there, man. Um, <laughs> Ask yourself, is your mind battling that information? Is your, man, is your mind kicking it back? Is your thoughts kicking it back? Are you fighting with it or are you not even listening? Some of y'all not even <laughs> Some of y'all even listening. Do you have a book? Are you highlighting? Are you reading? Remember now, he said two out of a hundred. That's why I say when you're building a team, if you got a <laughs> hundred people, you probably got two people that's literally trying to do something, and that's hard for people to swallow. So that means if you got a thousand people, you got five or six that's really grind. Now you got other people participate. You got other people doing things. You got other people, you know, maybe you know doing stuff. But I'm talking about five or six people you can pick the phone and call, and y'all on the same page about stuff. Y'all on y'all trying to really grind this thing out. Y'all really trying to. That's the numbers. He just told you that then. Now, that scares most people. Most folks run out. I got a hundred people. Man, I got a hundred people. Ain't not I'm doing anything. Well, only two have a definite purpose. 
Only two. <laughs> Some of y'all probably said, no, nah, one, just me. <laughs> well, I, look, that's the grind. That's the, But see, watch this. It gets better. It gets better as those numbers go up if you can continue. When you go to 2,000, 3,000, if you can stay on, if you can, you know, you know if you can keep the grind on, you know, you spiritual individuals who believe in God's faith, if you can just grind it and keep going, those numbers will change a little bit. And so, because remember, you don't need but you don't need but four or five people that's really grinding hard like you. Now, you you know, they could change your life financially. You really do. And change your life, period, all together. All right, folks, that's it. All she wrote, pen and pencil, book. we out of here. And I know some of y'all hey, Mr. Saying, Fleming. Uh-huh. Mr. Fleming. Uh-huh. Can I say something real quick? Go ahead. Just ten seconds. First of all, first of all, I want to say thank you. This call was so good. Like it was so. They, they good. usually are, you know. <laughs> but yeah, they but are. This one was, this one was much better, them. huh? No, 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 not much better. This one, like, like when you hear a person says, "Change my life," it's mm-hmm. not a cliche. This changed my life, and I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why. So having a definite a purpose. Heard it 10 years, you know, read the words about what it meant. Got it, right? Mm-hmm. But in this, in this industry, you're going to hear leaders always say, your goals need to be so big that they scare you. And I never understood that. I never understood, like, why? Why my goals got to be so big that they scare me? Because I don't like being scared. Like, and I don't like setting something, setting myself up for failure. This morning, listening to you, I got it. Now I understand why, you know, I, I used to hear a real good friend of mine, Ed, talk about your, your, your goals got to be so big, Lisa. They got to be so big that they just scare you. And I would just nod and say, mm-hmm, yeah. I really didn't understand, like, why? To me, that was stupid. Why? Why they got to be that big? I got it this morning. I got it. Like, the goal that you have for your mother, that's a big goal to tell somebody, you know, that I'm going to take care of my mother until she leaves this earth. That's a huge responsibility to commit to. But I got it now. Got it. I see why now that losing 5, 10 pounds is not really a goal and the goal has to be so big because when the goal is big, that means it will significantly, and y'all y'all, y'all probably say, I'm so sick of this girl. Talk about something, something so significant that's going to significantly change your life. That's that's why leaders say the goal has to be big because you're going because you're going to steadily work, grind, scratch, crawl, run. Well, well, jump. The, the the famous quote is: if the goal is big enough, the facts don't count. And the facts are: it might take two out of a hundred. The facts are: you might have to go through a thousand people. The facts are: most people gonna laugh. The facts are: most people don't succeed. But see, when the goal is big enough, those facts don't matter. They don't. They don't count. When people say that, when the goal is big enough, the facts don't count. All the facts that people say, well, nobody make them. It don't matter. The facts don't count when your goal is, and your dream is big enough that's gonna wake you up every morning. You go for it. Okay. They don't. Okay. Anything you say about the facts about what really happens, it don't count. It don't count. But if the goal is not big enough, then them facts count. That's how people run off. Uh, I ain't gonna do all that. Do you know what my goal is? I'm, I'm put you. I'm put you on the spot. 
I've said it to you. I said it to you a, a well a number of times. I mean, not maybe not every day, every week, every month, but I told you several times. But I realize no, I that that's, not even, that's not big enough. My goal is or was. What you mean was? And they done more. No, because I realize because I realize it's not big enough. Oh, okay. It's not big enough because if I look back over the last couple of months last couple of years, last couple of weeks, I've always been able to do that. So I was playing small. My goal is or was to always be able to create this lifestyle for my son, and we can, ro- and we can go down to that airport any day, any time, any day of the week, any time we want, and jump on a plane to go anywhere we want to go. That's always been my goal. That ain't no goal. That's small because... If, if, if I look over my hand, as the old folks say, if I look over my, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Oh, if I look over my hand, I've been, I've always been able to do that. So that's really not a goal. That's, I don't know what that is, but it ain't a goal because that's pretty small. But that's all, I've always said that. I want to be able to go down to that airport, Delta, of course. And jump on the plane any day of the week, any time of the day, and go wherever I want to go. That's been my goal. It's our goal, but it's been my goal. But now I realize that ain't that ain't no nah, that ain't no goal, Lisa. You you playing small. You playing small. So thank you for this call, sir. Well, we got one person who got it today. That's all I ask. Every time I do a call, if just one per- one person get it, that's what people say. Tony, ain't nobody getting that. Well, if I got one, I got one today. If I can get one on Monday so, and get one on Wednesday, <laughs> I'm good. All right, so, 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 um, so wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. These folks these folk want this money now. You you holding up their money. Okay. What you okay. what you going to say? Somebody texted me and said, so what is a, go- what is a goal? Well, that's, big, that's a whole other it really, it really is, but it's, but it has to be something significant enough that will change your life significantly. That no matter what the season, if it's raining, snowing, sleeting, hailing, you're gonna always work. To, you're gonna always work towards to get there. Right. It, it has to. It can't be five pounds. It can't be. It has to be big enough and significant enough. That it's that the facts your, don't matter. You got to wake up every right. morning still swinging. Right, right, and it, that that will change your life significantly. Mm. I mean, and I just look at look at Mr. Fleming's goal in regards to his mother. That's a significant goal that will change. That is that will change and is changing his life significantly. To know that he's taking care of his mother and been doing it for years without going to a job. She hasn't wanted for anything. Since I've been in contact with him, he's, he's got two or three new cars. He's got a new roof on the house. She drives to Walmart. And then she wants to drive. He, he go down there and, and he'll lay five hundred on the kitchen table, on the kitchen sink, and she be up there sleeping. She come down and step. Yo, that's a goal. I mean, who, who, who? I mean, who would want to do? Who wouldn't want to do that? But their parents, man. That, that's. I mean, and now, not that he he do that every. Every twice a year, he do that every time he goes see her. She'll get three hundred here, five hundred here. Just he just 
you know. And that's that's you know. that's just lately. I mean, before it would be thousands because she needed more. Now she don't. She was. She, when I started with this goal, she was sixty. She's eighty-six years old now, so she don't need as much as she did before. But either way, it doesn't matter when she calls. You know, I'm, I was there and I did it. I wanted to be there too. I wanted to be able. She said, "Come here, baby. I need to. Come, I need you to come see me." I didn't. I didn't want to be able to. Well, I couldn't take off work, so that was it, though. Um, and yes, and I, okay, let me just say this one thing because because, <laughs> because this guy, this guy, you got on something this morning. You don't want I, 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 I won't say his name, but yes, now it has become his lifestyle. The goal, and that's that's the deal right there. The goal has now become his lifestyle. Yes, sir, you're exactly right. Yes, we will talk because I miss you, man. <laughs> you on one this morning? You, did you pop one of them flares? I did, and I'm walking. Okay. All right. Well, y'all. <laughs> All right, folks. Today's Saturday, so yeah, the day I'm buying you Subway, when they come to the when they when they come to the counter, they say you want to make it a meal. I still laugh at that when they say that because chips. And a soda and a sandwich is not a meal, but hey, that's marketing. You know, we need to do that in business. You know, when somebody you want to make you want you want to get the whole package. You know, what I'm saying, <laughs> but see, they train those people at Subway to say that. You know, what I'm saying, you want to make it a meal. They probably you want to make a meal. You want to make a meal. You want to make it a meal. So we're gonna make it a meal today. Ten dollars will get you a meal at Subway. And when you go in there to buy, it, you think about T. Flim. You're gonna say he he gave me this ten because I was the I answered the question this morning. You know, my problem with the music is I got people on here that's like 25 years old, and I got people on here that's like 65 years old. So the music is hard to go from different eras. <laughs> yeah, leaves the old one this morning. <laughs> so it's hard to go from different eras to go back and forth. To you know, I gotta I gotta feed this. You know. You know, like the 65 and older, like Lisa's group. Then I got to come back, and then I got to take care of the young folks like my group, you know, anywhere between 25 and 40. You know, I got to, you know, then I got the younger group than that. So I don't know, man. You know, it's hard. But so today, I might do two. I'm going to do two right quick. Here we go. I'm going to do this one for the, for the younger folk, I would put it this way. I think this was like. This might have been 2007 or 8, 9. I don't know what, I don't know when this song came out, but this ought to be something that the younger folks, then I'm going to take it back a little bit for the, you know, for the people, you know, like in Lisa's category, her aging up, you know. If you so. don't stop, if you don't see in people's minds, the matter of the Lisa's group is the old group. If you don't stop it. <laughs> All right, let's go. Cause so here we go. So, so this should, should be for you know, my group, you know, like my, my age, you know, like between 25 and 40, something like that. So <laughs> I know Mark going to get this. Mark waited. Mark said, give me my $10 for my Subway sandwich. I didn't even know the name. You see, I think y'all going to know the name, but you ain't going to know the name of the song probably. So, all right, here we go. Got that already. Well, no, hold on. 
I think Mark and um, and Faith got a switch, got a got a tie. I'm gonna let y'all hear a little bit more, but Mark and Faith already got the answer. I make you weak at the knees. 
<laughs> make you feel all right. I make you weak at the knees. All right, so. All right, I'm going to do the last one. So who, who won that one? That was Barbara McGriff. She got that one, so I'm going to do this one. All right, now I'm going to take it all the way back. And I'm going to tell you something. I bet you I don't, I bet you this is not, I can promise you that. <laughs> this is not Dr. Dre, all right? So this is old school here. Y'all figure out. You you see how Dre just snatched some stuff. Here we go, baby. 
<laughs> Dang, Sylvia, you doing the question mark, and you got Mark winning that. Dang. You said old folks ain't never heard of that. <laughs> they say you cheat, Mark. <laughs> they say you cheat. Oh, Mark said his granddaddy was a player. That's where he got it from. His granddaddy probably was a player in the house all the time. <laughs> Somebody said you're using Shazam, man. You ain't Shazam and us, are you, man? Don't do that. <laughs> he said granddaddy was a player, man. Granddaddy's a player in the house. So let the man say granddaddy play in the house. So you... <laughs> All right, that's it, folks. If y'all cheat, I hope that Subway sandwich choke you to death. I hope it just... <laughs> I hope it choke you to death for y'all cheating. So, All right, folks, that's it. We out of here. Y'all have a great day. Bye. <laughs>